Hi, everybody. So before we dive into this hilarious podcast with Dr. Gerard Waters, um, I just want to do a quick few announcements, if you don't mind. So um, later on this month, on the 20th of January, I will be taking part on a one-day conference, The War on Health. And it's being organized by Phil Escott and Ben Hunt from The Big Fat Challenge. And there's a number of fantastic speakers there, Dr. Sarah Pugh, Dr. Rachel Brown, Dr. Natasha Campbell-McBride, and my sweat, myself. And um, I would recommend, if you can, if you can get up to the Peak District, um, there'll be some fantastic carnivore meals. So if you're vegan, um, I'm sorry, it'll be meat only. <laughs> um, but otherwise, for the rest of you, um, please come and join us. And, you know, for my listeners, you get a £30 um, discount. If you go to waronhealth.uk, waronhealth.uk, and you can listen to all these amazing speakers, including myself, get a hug from me, and it'll be awesome. Okay, now, um, before we start the podcast, I just want to quickly um, do a shout out to Rachel Ogden. and uh, She's just subscribed to my show. And yeah, she just sent me this um, really lovely message. So I wanted to, to read it out. She goes, thanks for the email. I've watched a couple of your episodes in the last day. The dental one, excellent. And the financial one, fantastic. It's all stuff on my wavelength. Incidentally, you sometimes mention your subscribers on your calls and where they are and their situations. I was made redundant last year. So consider hard every penny I spend. I deliberated for a week or three and decided I want to view your content. So here I am. It helps me keep my energy up. Thanks. Uh, Rachel, God bless you and thank you so much. And I would say to all of you listening, you know, so far there's been three um, paywall episodes that have come out and you're really missing it if you haven't subscribed. And I know a lot of you haven't because there's literally thousands of you, you know, listening to this podcast and I can see how many have signed up. And it's it's gone over 100 marks. That's fantastic. But Folks, the podcast with Dan Tubbs on healthcare economics and the future of society and how to protect yourself from the impending financial crash. It's a cracker. Seriously, folks, it's a cracker. Um, the podcast with Kimberly Biss, MD, about the increase in miscarriage rates and infertility and more. That was amazing. And she's definitely a sister from another mother. Um, and then the, the chat with Lawrence Palaveski, MD, the pediatrician. Boom. You know, we just discussed the current state of medicine, the impact of censorship. We talked about, you know, he, he gave advice about bringing up your kids and screen times and the childhood reptilian brain. And, oh, God, it went all over the place. Amazing. So, folks, you know, subscribe. Get on to Spotify. Click the subscribe button. It's only four ninety nine a month. And I'm telling you, there's a lot of good, good podcasts coming out. I don't want you guys to miss out. Or go to my Substack. And sign up there and you'll be able to view it directly from Substack or on the private Rumble link. Um, all of this information is in the blurb um, with this podcast. All right, folks, over to Jared Waters. Oh, I should say, <laughs> if you're easily offended or if you don't like, you know, explicit language and swearing and you suffer from, you know, vocitis or, you know, offenditis, or any of, the, any of these kind of itis, you might not want to watch this episode. I'm just warning it. Um, Jared and I have had quite a lot of chats off air before this podcast. And basically, let's just say he's got a funny sense of humor. Uh, it's a bit weird. It's funny. He likes to take the piss out of me. 
Um, so when when it came around to doing this podcast, I thought I'm going to give him back as much as good as he gives out. So let's see if he can take it as well as dish it out. So <laughs> just setting the scene, folks, because it's a slightly different podcast to usual. I hope you enjoy it. All right. Bye bye. Right. You just said you were a natural. What were you a natural? What? I'm, I'm a natural bastard. I, I, I don't have to work it. It just comes naturally to me. I, and, uh, I, and I have a are you married? I have been for the last uh, 50 years. So what I've got made a wife. your wife? Yeah, what, was, what, what, what did you find attractive in you? Ah, just look at me. Just look at me. I'm a damn fine, good-looking man. No, she. Uh, I think. I think the actual way to woman's heart is to be able to make her laugh. If you could actually make her laugh by perhaps laughing at yourself rather than yes. laughing at her, um, I, 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 I do believe that is a very, very important attribute. If you want to uh, capture a woman, have a sense of humour, make her laugh. But the same token, you have to have the strength to be able to. Um, to, to, to back it up. And I, I would say never laugh at anybody else, but, but endeavor to laugh at yourself, make fun of yourself. I think it's very important to take the piss at yourself, sometimes at your mates, yeah. but I would definitely recommend yeah. no one laugh at their wife unless they want to slap in their face. <laughs> <laughs> you laugh with your wife and you laugh at yourself in the presence of your wife, but you yes. never laugh at her. Yes. Unless you've got her, unless, unless, unless you've got her consent at that point in time, it's important to have the consent. So you say, "Is it all right for me to laugh at you?" You never ever get the consent, of course. But did you? What was that proper informed consent, or did you do it under duress and coercion? <laughs> was the coercion like like the coercion of taking the uh, the the um, messenger RNA, the vaccine, were you coerced into it? Of course you weren't coerced into it. They just didn't tell you any information on it. Sorry, I, I'm shooting ahead of myself here now. No, no, go ahead. Shoot away. Shoot, shoot. Boom, boom. Bang, bang. It's all right. All right. Go ahead. As soon as you chose to, to, to bring my wife into it, I've been with her since, <laughs> since um, <laughs> I think I was, I was 17 and she was 15. Um, all the way through college, all the way through junior hospital doctor, hospital doctor. I, I actually did surgery as well. So I, I, I've kind of got the surgical personality. You know, that the, the surgical personality is one of proactiveness. Well, you know, surgeons oh, are proactive. I, 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 was thinking, I was thinking arrogance. Surgical personality. Oh, I was thinking type, type A, arrogant, um, cutthroat. Well, maybe... maybe. <laughs> Maybe, maybe, maybe you fit into that, but no, I just fit into competent and confident. Nice, nice, confidently competent. Nice, I like that's it. right. Yeah, yeah, that's a, that, that's how I've described myself. Plus, a, a damn nice bloke overall. Anyway, uh, talking about my wife. Yeah, we we we, we met up in, when when in, in our, our late teens, and we've been together since. It's not to say there haven't been a few scraps along the way. But um, we, we, we have four children and three grandchildren and uh, very proud of the whole lot of them. That's amazing. So she's your first love. She's your childhood sweetheart. Yes. That's right, yeah. That's nice. That's beautiful. Innocent child, I am. Yeah. 
So I, I, she's still with me, and she's she, she she's preparing the dinner out there, and uh, she she's kind of saying, "Well, when when you when are you going to be finished with this kid?" And I said, "I really have no idea how long it's going to take." I said, "I I, I can imagine he's the type of guy I could talk to for five six hours, but um, I probably not go on that long." Um, the the rate limiting anyway. factor is my the the size of my bladder. It won't last that long. Well, I suppose you'd be quite incapable of catheterizing yourself. I could, but I don't want to. I don't have those kind of kinks <laughs> inside me. I, I'm a very straight laced, straightforward kind of guy. Oh, I, I, I don't yeah, do any yeah. of these oh, things. Oh, life is all ahead of you, Almeda. Life is all ahead of you. Anyway, so I suppose it's kind of important to find out who and what I am. I may. No, no, we know. We know that you've got basically tonight. Tonight, you and I are two quacks. Having a chat because that's what we are. We're we're the crazy doctors. We're the nut jobs who don't toe the line and do as we're told. That's what we are, aren't we? Well, we're dissidents. I, I, I would consider I would consider us as the absolutely sane ones. I would consider us the ones that are totally. As, as somebody came up to me and said a couple of yeah, a week ago, said, "Are you the doctor?" I said, "What doctor?" He says the the right one. He says the one who, who who's right about things. So I would consider myself. Uh, uh, rather than being a crazy doctor, a crazy quack, I consider myself a, 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 the one who's been right about this whole bloody thing from the very beginning. Now, again, Correct again, answer. May, may yeah. So you may you may regard that as arrogance. I refuse to regard that as arrogance. I refuse that as as a statement of truth. No. Well, I think I love the way you said that the statement of truth. And in your lovely <laughs> Irish accent. I wish I could talk in an Irish accent like you are, but I don't have an Irish accent. I wish accent. you could as well. I wish you could as well, but you're not doing a very good job of it. You, you, you sound like <laughs> Darby Dar Gill and the little people, you know? Who do you think you're talking to? A leprechaun here or something? Yeah, who do you think you're talking to? I'm talking to a leprechaun. <laughs> do you know the funny, the funny thing gonna, is... No, people, I'm not going to... I was going to say the well, funny I'm thing is people always Scottish say to me, accent, have you got an... Yeah, but people always think I've got an Irish accent. And I'm like, I'm not Irish. No, They're a... like, no, you... Yeah, no, you do. You sound like Northern Irish. You sound kind of Northern Irish. You really haven't got a decent Scottish accent, honestly. You know, you, 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 you're letting the Scottish people down. There's a story about that. Do you know what that is? Do you know why that's the case? So if you look you at would. my... Now I'll explain, I'll explain. So I grew up in a very rough working class area. And if you go back and look at our home videos from the 1980s, it's like, aye, all right, what's for dinner, ma? And, and that's how I used to speak. And, um, but when, we, when I was about 11, my parents moved to the only affluent part of Glasgow. And suddenly, not only was this kid the only brown kid, the only Paki, the only Muslim, the guy with the name Ahmed Malik, I also had the bloody thick working class accent. And everyone else is like, oh, hello, I'm from, you know, the West End. So I was like, I can't change my name. I can't change the fact I'm a Paki or a Muslim or whatever else. So you know what? I'll, I'll, I'll fit in. I'll speak like them. So this is what you call a Kelvin side accent. Excuse me, sir. Oh, yeah, that, that, that's rather unfortunate, isn't it? But I suppose we all got our little crosses <laughs> to bear. And I, I, on the other hand, was sent to elocution 
rather than rather than going playing football, I was sent to elocution. I didn't I didn't do a lot of it, but my my uh, my it, sisters. It doesn't. And, it doesn't uh, sound like it worked. It doesn't sound like it did much. Don't want to start off on the right footing, do you? Like, do you have a death wish or something like that? I'm always looking for trouble. I'm a troublemaker. You know, that's my problem. Well, very obviously. Very, and then you think that the medical council have a, have a, have an in that, 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 you know, you don't get on with the medical council. Good Lord, I can see. I, there's very, very good reasons why you don't get on with good, do with the, the medical council. Talking about medical councils, have you had any run-in with the medical council? Oh, well, quite apart from the fact that I was suspended for 33 months ago um, and my career totally ruined and all my earning capacity taken off me and the fact that I'm in the middle of a battle for to stop them blackening my name and I've been through hell and high water and hell and back. Uh, no, I've had no problems with them. Oh, amazing. I'm so glad to hear that. So let's go back and tell me exactly what happened. Why did they suspend you? Apart from the fact that you're the only sane doctor. Well, I, well, just a, a, a quick recap. I, I was born and reared in a corporation housing estate in Drimna Drim in Dublin. I, my father was a bus driver. I worked for a few years before I, after doing my leaving, my mother insisted we do our leaving. I worked for a few years, then went back, studied to do medicine, got into Galway University, went straight through college, didn't fail any exams, straight through with a wife and two children, lived in a 16-foot caravan, lived in a 24-foot mobile home, lived in a corporation housing estate, um, and arrived as a qualified doctor to a place called Porchunkel Balneslow. Began to do surgery, loved surgery, loved, loved doing surgery, but then after a few years realized, uh, this isn't going to work. I, I had a, I had mm. the incapacity. I was unable to delegate. I was one of those guys. If 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 you operated on somebody during the day, I was back in seeing them that night, whether they were whether I was on duty or not. I I really mm. had a major problem of, of of walking away. So you know, I, I realized then that I was either going to sacrifice my 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 kids or get out of general surgery. So I got out. I, I suppose there are, any decision in life, any major decision in life is multifactorial. You never make it on the basis of one one reason, but there's often four, five, six, seven reasons. Anyway, I decided to go into general practice, went and did the sort of the, the, the rotation of psychiatry and obstetrics and um, a bit of geriatrics and a bit of this and a bit of that, and went into general practice. Spent 40 years as a GP. In a single-handed practice, absolutely happy, loved doing it. I, I, as a working-class guy, I was so privileged to be allowed into people's lives. You know, the, the sheer mm. privilege of being allowed to be allowed into somebody's life, whether you know wh whatever it was, whether it was a, a psychiatric problem or a cut hand or a, 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 a you know problems with the kids and that. I, I formed a relationship with thousands of patients. And uh, I was privileged to allow it in, allowed into life until then, January 2020. And I realized that there was this thing coming out of China or Wuhan and people were dying on the roads as if they'd been shot by a sniper's bullet. 
of course, this was no way. This wasn't the way you die from respiratory failure. So I, I started mm. sort of researching it and realized. And the red flag for me at that stage was that the ICGP and the Department of Health and the Medical Council were not refuting or not, not denying the fact that these people dying on the streets of China could not be dying of, 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 um, of respiratory failure, that these were, in fact, a con. Um, so at the same time, having done 40 winters of upper respiratory tract infections and various snotty noses and flus and coughs and have, ha, having ha, had enough people spitting and snotting and coughing into my face such that I, I brought these things home and that I was well familiar with, with, with winter flus and winter upper respiratory tract infections. And, the, and in the absolute knowledge that most of these things were, um, were, were well, very, very minor. And every year you, you got a couple of bad bouts of it or people got bad bouts of it. And then being working in the nursing, I worked nursing homes as well, I'm enough. But, you know, working nursing homes, I knew that the method of, um, of certi death certification was the best guess on the part of a GP, that we couldn't diagnose mm. any old person dying unless we did an autopsy, whether there was a, a post-mortem. So in conjunction with all that knowledge, and in the knowledge that there was no pathogen, particular pathogen, in the cir circulating in the um, community, uh, I thought, hey, this, this this is wrong. So I start writing to the ICGP. I start writing to contacts in the Department of Health. I can say, hey, lads, there's something wrong here. The, you know, th this just doesn't wash. Uh, mm. They ignored me. They totally ignored me. I got I got one reply back that it's a very complicated rope. At this stage, during the lockdowns, they, you know, it was all right for us middle-class people in in in, in a, a five-bedroomed houses or six-bedroomed houses and our big gardens out in the country. But I was thinking of the people in the in in the flats, the corporation flats, and the three-bedroomed houses in the corporation areas, locked in with the with, with the three and four kids, and um, not allowed go to the beaches. So I started kind of saying, well, why don't you just open the beaches? Why don't you open the, the caravan parks? Why don't you, it's a lovely, a lovely spring, um, you know, let, let people get away down the country. Or the weather was the, great. The beaches. Yeah, I that's remember right. the weather was great. So I was great. saying this, and I got, I got no reply. Like they just didn't reply. They just didn't communicate with me. As I say, I got one communication where it's saying, oh, this is a very, very complicated knot. And my, my, my response was, well, when somebody's hanging, you don't undo the knot, unwrangle the knot. You actually cut the rope. So cut the rope. They didn't talk mm. to me anymore. Anyway, the, um, fundamentally, that, that's what happened. I, I, ju I just copped that there was something odd going on. So then they started saying, well, you've got to wear a mask. So I wore a monkey mask on the first day, which is exactly what my, my patients expected me to wear, a Halloween a monkey mask, mask. And I went out and everybody said, well, they told us to wear a mask. Um, so that didn't <laughs> go down very well. It went down very, went down very well with my patients. Everybody said, oh, that's exactly what I expected you, Jerry. And I, that's exactly sort of sense of humor. Anyway... <clears throat> I then, then I did my due diligence as one is expected to do. Well, as a GP anyway, I, you know, I don't expect, I didn't expect the psychiatrists or the surgeons or to really to, to, be, to know what was going on in all honesty, you, you know. Um, but for a GP who was who, who uh, at the cold face, it was very important to look at the PCR test. You know. uh, the, the, the very basis of every death certification for uh, which, which this was about people dying of COVID. 
based on PCR tests. The PCR test wasn't worth a damn. It was never intended to uh, to diagnose uh, people. It's a forensic test to see if 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 if, if one, a guy's skin was under the nails of a, of a girl that he'd raped or murdered or something like that. It was a forensic test. It was never meant as a screening test. And the the the, the inventor said it was never meant as a screening test. So I took him at his word and kind of said, "Yeah, this is uh, PCR test is more of the time. You can't use it at all." Again, I was totally ignored. So it went on with me me refusing to wear masks, me refusing to to. Lockdown refusing. I insisted on seeing my patients. Every patient, if a patient came into me with a cough or a cold or a snotty nose I, or an earache, I looked at them, I examined them as I'd done for the previous 40 years. With result, I got a 100% success rate in my COVID patients. I also refused to send anybody for COVID for PCR test because, again, I, I was saying, but it's not worth a damn. It's, it's a lie. It, 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 it doesn't work. Um. Again, that, that, so, but people were heading off to get the PCR test. So they're coming to me and say, I've got COVID. And I said, I don't give a damn. I'm still listening to your chest. I'm looking at your throat and I'm going to give you, I'm going to intervene as I've done for the previous 40 years. Uh, how I intervened was I listened to her chest, listened to her ears, you know, just normal what any, any, any doctor does in any surgery until we were ordered not to do any of those things. We were sent, we were ordered to send them home to, to isolate. And uh, get a pneumonitis or a pneumonia until they couldn't breathe. Then we sent them back in. They sent into the hospital, and they died of, of of pneumonia or being intubated or whatever. Anyway, that that's fundamentally what it was. I just refused to go along with it until they introduced mm. the um the vaccine in well in December of twenty. They told us we were, we were getting this vaccine, and I again I looked it up. And I cannot believe that they're introducing a viral any viral. RNA into a human body like this is just too crazy. You know, my mm. knowledge of virus has been in, in, introduced into into the human body was through the uh, by the papillovirus being in the in the squamous cell of the uh, cervix, or through Epstein Barr virus causing mm. lymphomas and that 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 was my understanding of of, of it. So I was kind of thinking, hey, lads, you're not going into you're not going to start injecting viral uh, RNA. Into um, into human beings. Never mind wrapping it in in, in a nanopartic nanoparticle to make it um, particularly deadly. So I, I kind of start saying I, I I don't believe they're doing this. Uh, so anyway, in in February twenty one, when when I refused to give the vaccines, and I, you know I say I'm a conscientious objector. I'm just not doing this. I see. I thought I, I thought I was a made man. I thought I, I, I was like a made man, uh, that I was protected because I had communicated with the ICGP. I'd communicated with the Department of Health. I'd communicated with the Medical Council. Um, I, I let them know my views. I'd, I'd offered to debate, to argue, to fight it out. I, I, I'd offered to do pretty much anything. Um, just to get to the bottom of this, and and I kept using the word "correct my error in thinking." Please correct my error in thinking. If I if I have an error in thinking, please correct it. They didn't. They just ignored me. So it went on. Then the somebody in I think it was October, September October somebody complained that I that I was saying I, I, I was speaking heresy that I was a heretic as far as the religion of COVID went. Um, I was reported to the. Medical Council. There was toing and froing between me and 
the medical council. And the only correction I got, because I kept saying, well, correct my thinking. The only correction I got from the president of the medical council, a doctor by the name of Rita Doyle, a GP from Bray, was that, um, in fact, she corrected a typo on one of my letters. That was the only correction I got. But the typo was corrected, you know. <laughs> it sounds crazy, but my secretary does. conscience or conscientious and she pointed out that it was misspelled, you know. So that was the only correction I got. Anyway, the um they decided huh. that they would with with two days notice, with no with no legal representation, I was brought before a full hearing of the medical council. I as you can imagine, I, I, I battered them into submission with, with, with my tongue. Um, they, <laughs> not one of the, not one of the medical people on, I, I wouldn't expect the lay people because the, 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 these are just gone. Yes. But, um, the, exactly. The, the, the That's how it works. Doctors, yeah. The medical doctors there, they're just along for the ride. The, um, the medical doctors there, not one of them, not one of them climbed into the ring with me. Not one of them, show, even, you know, debaters, because I think the gynecologist asked me, did I ever wear a mask or did I, did I, um, did I send it people for the PCR test? Um, which brought, I, I, this is all done remotely. So I was sitting opposite 18 boxes of people, various doctors and officials and general, as I say, Gombean men and whatever. And, um, so, the they they she asked she asked I think did I ever wear a mask or did I send anybody for PCR test and that launched me into another ten or fifteen minutes of a tirade against them against the idea I was well prepared at that stage and uh, you, you could see the other saying oh Jesus you know why 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 did she bring that up you shut up don't ask him any questions anyway n none of the the lodge, none of the none of the professors none of the creme de la creme of medical practice in Ireland got into the ring with me. And this is the crazy thing. Um, not only did they not get in to, to batter me down or to beat me into submission or to um, show that I was wrong, they didn't mm. even have the Christian decency to offer me a way out. Like when Joan of Arc was being burnt at the stake, they uh, offered her a chance to recant well, I, I haven't been around in medieval times, so I don't know if this is true, but we all got the impression you were offered a chance to recant and to, 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 to reject your heresy. Um, the medical council did give me that opportunity. They burnt me oh. at the stake. Or rather, they took my head and put it on a, a spike at the gates of, of, of Dublin as an example to, um, to any other GP who might have the temerity to, to go against their their diktats or their diktats, um, and not administer the medical the um the, the kill shot the, the 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 clot shot the the assault the assault and battery, um. Anyway, so uh, as I say, I got two days' notice been brought before the medical council, and two days' notice been brought before the high court. And in the high court, the medical council stupidly tried to introduce a a spurious case to try and make me look bad. That's now the subject of, of, of an inquiry at the moment. A, a, a silly case. And uh, anyway, the, the, the High Court judge rejected this um, this this other case. They, they were throwing this kitchen sink at me in the hope, in the absolute, to guarantee that I was suspended because there'd be little point in bringing 
you know, a, a her heretic like me before the, 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 um, the assembled multitude and not burn them. That, 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 that'd be a massive anticlimax, wouldn't it? So, um, so anyway, so, so just, just, yeah, just, just one second, one, one second, one second, one second, one second. So when, when you were in front of this panel of peers and professors and nobled, you know, oh, they're not doctors. my peers. They're not my peers. Okay, okay. You know these oh, other doctors and whatnot. Very few peers on that on that panel. That they're not my peers. Yeah. So, what was their allegation against you? What was the reason the they called you was, up? Well, fundamentally, that I I I I was um. Yeah, you see, this is it. it. It's not that terribly clear, but fundamentally, I refused to follow the 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 schizoid instructions of the uh, Department of Health. The Department of Health were giving these schizoid instructions that had absolutely no basis in medicine, and uh, I, I, you know, and, and I refused to follow them. Follow these um, instructions. So hold on. So if I hear this correctly. For standing up for informed consent and medical ethics and common sense and good medical practice, and for not following government diktats, you got called up to go in front of your medical council. Yep. Absolutely, totally, nothing else, no other reason. Um, no, it, it was purely and simply because I... Well, it was brought to, the he to a head by a... There's a, a, a television or a radio program in Ireland called uh, Morning Ireland, and a guy you know by the name of Joe Duffy um, brought up the fact that there was a GP in in Kildare refusing to give his patients a um, irresponsibly refusing to give his patients the COVID jab, and uh, some some people, some silly rather dim-witted people from Selbridge where I live, decided to chime in and say I was a disgrace. And then there's a, a little twat. He was the um, CEO of the Eastern Health Board, came on television saying I was a disgrace. I was brought up in the doll um, that, that I had refused. The, the, the Sinn Féin, the local Sinn Féin uh, TD brought up the doll saying that I... I suppose I, I I didn't actually hear what she said, but I, fundamentally, I suppose she was saying I should be brought out and keel hauled at the very least, uh, if not burned at the stake. Anyway, they they decided to take my career off me, um, take take all my earning capacity. Can't even write a prescription for myself. I can't, I, you know, I can't, I can't write a prescription myself. I can't theoretically. I so, can't even examine myself. So were you? Suspended at that point indefinitely, or for how long? I suspended. I suspended such that the, in the high court, the, the high court judge says, "Yeah, you know, so it's half eleven now. By two o'clock, you're to close your, your your. I got two hours notice to close my practice. So I went over to my my secretaries and kind of said, "Yeah, girls, good luck. You're out of here." They were made wow. redundant, so I had to make I had to make them redundant. It cost me tens of thousands of euros to pay off their redundancy. My, there, there were a number. There were a number of sort of vulture type GPs, you know, looking to to buy my practice for nothing. I get my practice for nothing, you know, and make sure I left my stethoscope as well, kind of thing. Um, so I, I, I decided now. Well, you see, I, I thought it was a temporary suspension. I kind of thought I'd be back, but then as the, the weeks and months drew on, and thirty three, thirty three months later, I'm still suspended. Now this is contrary to Irish legis legislation. Within the um, legislation, 
it, it specified that I should be a, a time limit should be placed on it. But when I went to the medical council, oh no, that, that's 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 not our fault. That's the High Court judge who happens now that the High Court judge erred in law, and um, but he said, oh yeah, go back to the High Court, you know. And of course, I had no legal representation because the MPS kind of pulled out. The MPS pulled out because I wouldn't roll over and and, and allow them the, the medical council scratch my belly. The MPS, the Medical Protection Society, actually decided that I would um. So, so I've no legal representation. Wow, wow. Yeah. This, so this then, is not good. After, um, after and I what was, was this? What was it? Yeah. What What happened then? So, I mean, you're not really struck after off. Was, You've just been suspended. Well, no, I was suspended. We uh, we went for a you know a, a a what do you call it judicial review or you know an the appellant court. And we were going into the appellant court, and I, I, I was saying, well, I haven't got my, my my day in court. I have not had an opportunity to explain myself, and I was demanding an opportunity. So the um, the uh, the MPS, the Medical Protection Society, I think it was about four weeks before we were due to go in in July. I was I, I was suspended in in, in the beginning of. Uh, March and in July we we get we got a a, a place a, a, a an appointment for the appellant court and then suddenly the the MPS presented me with a a a list of things that if I signed these basically saying I I would not I would not talk about COVID I would not present my my situation that I would not. That I I I would not. I, they weren't insisting I give the vaccine, but they were insisting that I didn't criticize the vaccine. You know, so they are about six or seven things, and if I signed these, we wouldn't have to go into the uh, appellant court. Now the barrister had said that the judge had had, had erred in law, but uh, so when they came up and I said no, I'm not signing them. I I, I want my day in court. I said, oh, well, then we're not representing you because you're not following legal advice. And one of the the, the, the in the small print of the MPS, the Medical Protection Society, which, as you know, is the insurer, well, the principal insurer in Ireland, and not about England, but, you know, like, like the, this is a, a non-profit-making, they're so proud to say it's a non-profit-making um, organization. But it, it, because I refused to go along and take the legal advice, they, um, they abandoned me and said, well, sorry, we're not, present we're, not, we're not representing you anymore. And I said, well, how much would it cost me to represent myself? And it sort of came around to be 64,000 uh, euros to represent myself. I'm damned I was going to give solicitors, you know, some of the most crooked people in the world, um, 64,000 out of my, my pension uh, contributions. So um, I, I had to let it drop. At that stage, I actually thought I was about to get a stroke. I was getting what I thought were TIAs. And uh, mm. I was reminded by the, the 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 doctor in the MPS that remember when I said I you know the carry the, the sort of character of my tinnitus has changed. I'm afraid there's something going on in my brain. She said, "Oh, remember you can't change your own you, you can't change your own medication." <laughs> that was her response. Harry, I'm so that sorry. I'm so sorry you've had to go through this. Oh, well, sorry. I, I I've had a kind of. But the truth of it is, it sounds it sounds as it happened. It was traumatic, but I, I think I've got the disposition and and the. I'm a hugely positive person. I have an expectation that things will work. We we were chatting about this earlier on. I I really believe things will work, and um, 
So I'm hugely positive. So at no stage was I, could I honestly say I was down or depressed or that, even though, you know, many, many times you kind of say, well, I could end all this by, by just topping myself. And then, no, don't do that. You know, and then, then, then the sort of ideas come across yourself. What, what about sort of self-immolation? What if you if you went into a Connell Street and set yourself on fire to try try and draw attention to the fact that 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 there's treason going on in our country that are, are no are, no are, are, there's, are there's 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 one very good reason not to do that, and that's because you'll increase the amount of carbon in the atmosphere and you'll be contributing <laughs> towards global oh, warming. You, 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 I I think I think you're a bit of a natural bastard as well. With all you know, honestly, <laughs> but that's not the reason. The reason I didn't do it was because then that would just prove, that would then be proof, oh, well, we, we told you he was mad. You know, like, th- this is yes. a crazy guy. Like, you know, and, and to do it sort of in, 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 the, in the sort of the, the ethos or the idea of a, a Buddhist monk sort of sacrificing yourself to draw attention to something, you know, as happened, I think, in Thailand and that, you know. the um, So I just, anyway, but, but these thoughts go through your head. And you, I, I woke up so often. With, with this idea, I've just had a horrible dream that they start injecting the people with a, 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 a with a messenger RNA, a viral messenger RNA, and it's going to cause cancers. And it's going. I just heard, and then I think, oh no, damn, that isn't a dream. That's real. That that's actually yeah. real. I'd wake up in sweats. That 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 you know, in, in, during twenty one and, and and twenty two. Anyway, then I decided I'd get onto Twitter. And I started tweeting. I started tweeting pretty, pretty much the things I'm saying to you now. And uh, the medical council decided, oh, we got to shut this guy up. So they came after me on this spurious case that that has been in fought out at the moment, um, that I can't discuss. But um, so, so fundamentally, that that that's been the fun of the last four years of my life. But as I say, I'm not uh. down. I'm, I'm I'm not depressed. I'm massively positive because I can see, I, you see, the other thing is when I walk through the town, I'm a kind of a hero. People come up and hug me and shake my hand and say, well done, Jerry, you know, we thought you were for the birds three years ago, but we now know that you're right. I walk into a room and I get a standing ovation. I am, um, I, 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 I was nominated, as, as, I wasn't nominated, I was awarded man of the year by the Irish Council for Civil Liberties, or, uh, human rights. And uh, so uh, th- there has been a very, very definite upside to what appeared to That's be... That's not saying a, very much a, for a, the a, rest a, of the men in Ireland. Oh, you are. You're an evil, evil person. <laughs> I, don't, I, I don't know. You know. I don't know. <laughs> Allah, Allah is not smiling on you now, boy, you know. Allah is not smiling oh. on you. Oh, he gave up on me 15 years ago when I walked out the religion. <laughs> it's funny, you warned me. You warned... You warned me about your sense of humor, and what you didn't realize was your sense of humor is just like mine, buddy. I love your sense of humor. I, well, I didn't realize I was up against uh, what I was up against. You know, you see, you lulled me into a false sense of security. I thought this this, this <laughs> nice little Muslim boy is <laughs> really won't be able for, for for a crusty old Christian. You know, never ever assume anything about anyone. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Anyway, and who, where and, do we go from and, here? No, no, no. But no, no. Seriously. No, but who, so no. First, a, a few things. One, who said I'm young? Who who said I'm a Muslim? Who said I'm a boy? I might be a good head of hair. 
Yeah, I might, I might be identifying. I, I might be identifying as something else. <laughs> you never know these days. Well, you 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 can be you can be a a a a black lesbian for all I care. I really don't care. I I I will treat you with the same contempt that I treat pretty much every other doctor. I I identify as a trans redneck. I'd love to have a big pickup, check shirt, a rifle and a bow, and and live in the hills. Honestly, I swear to God, I'd love that. Yeah, that's I'd funny. That. It's funny that you say say that. But as a kid, I always I had the idea. Maybe every kid, every little boy, just you'd love to live in the forest and live off rabbits and 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 and, and you know, squirrels, your own food, and 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 and, hunt, and 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 roast them over a fire and that. Now I got to admit, when I lived in Galway, I used to go <clears> shooting <throat> rabbits out across a golf course. The other time I stood in the golf course. Uh, and I took a shot. It was with a two-two rifle. I shot. I shot um, rabbits, and I had I had quite a few rabbits because, it, as a, just as a means of sustenance, you know. <laughs> so uh, nice. I, I, I have actually skinned many rabbits and ate many many rabbits in my life. Tasted it. I love rabbits, it. You know. So I'll tell you something really really funny. So oh god, it's really annoying. Like some guys have got great voices, very deep baritone, rich, gravelly voices. I've got. I, I don't. I've got quite a high pitched voice. It's kind of embarrassing. Sometimes I when I when the phone rings and I you know, I answer, they go, oh, Hello, Mrs. Malik. Is Mr. Malik there? And I'm like, Oh for fuck. <laughs> <laughs> oh for fuck's sake. Oh, for, and, I, and then I'm like And then I have to go mistaken for my wife. Yeah, and then I go, This is Mr. Malik. Ah <laughs> uh, yeah, but it, it look, look, it's not your voice. Parts behind them, which so far aren't very good, you know. Like I, I haven't found any that that is particularly interesting so far. But I, you know, I, I, I try to ignore your voice and hoping that um that it, it affects something wise or smart or it's going to nah, come out. But nah. I live in hope. I live in hope. No, no, you'll be waiting a long time, buddy. So listen, That's listen. Let's go back. Yeah, let's go back. Let's go back. Yeah, but listen, you've been you've been treated badly by your profession out there in Ireland. You know they've they've not really given you a fair trial. They've just suspended you now, no, left you think, hanging. I don't think that's true. No, that's true. It's not a matter of not really giving me a fair trial. They have actually been mendacious and malicious, a, a malicious mm. prosecution. Like this goes beyond just not being nice to me. Like, they have actually destroyed me. They've endeavoured to destroy me. They've done everything they could. Mm. They just took on the wrong the, 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 the wrong little bastard from Trimna. Well, the thing is, you've, you've said exactly what I've been saying on my podcast, which is, it's not enough to destroy the, the GP or the doctor. The thing is, you carry so much weight as a doctor. And you know, you're quite dangerous to the authorities because if you say, hey, this doesn't make sense, people listen to you. You're not some kid in the basement, you know, playing computer games. You're, you're a GP with years of experience and a funny ponytail. You know, Crazy. people need to listen to you. That is, that is the strength. That, that, that is what makes them frightened of me. That, that, you know, and, and again, I'm, I'm coming back the to the concept of being working class. Being working class. The, um, yeah. So that you identify. I give talks around Ireland. I, 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 I you know, over the years, I, I, I've given talks <clears> on COVID, and I, I, I refer to those as my 
spine straightening uh, talks. And the reason I refer to them as a spine straightening talk, it's this is not you know a, 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 a spinal manipulation or anything, but it's, it's close to it. A woman one day after giving one of the talks said to me, she says, the day after you gave your talk, I walked with my head high for the first time in two years. Said, mm. Because I had, had had ideas and thoughts, and I refused to wear a mask. I refused to social distance. I refused, and I, I was sort of pariah in the town. Said, and after you gave your talk, I had, I, you know, th- there were fifty or sixty at the talk, and she didn't know a lot of them. But then they start meeting up, and she said, "Yes, you straightened my spine." Because the next day I, I looked around, saying a doctor came down. A knowledgeable doctor came down. No other doctor in town was was going down this road. A knowledgeable doctor came down and explained exactly what COVID was, that COVID was a hoax. And that COVID, the hoax, the pathogenicity of of COVID was primarily to panic people into the vaccine. And the vaccine is a cull. And that's that is that is what I've come to believe. That is what I totally understand. And that is it's brought home and proven to me every day as the information comes out of the the likes of New Zealand and and in Ireland. Well, the excess deaths, you you just got to look around you and everybody's aware of people dying. Yeah, yeah. No, no, you're 100% right. So now it's it's not good enough to just suspend you or strike you off. They need to get that head on a pike in front of the city gates and send it as a warning. And I don't think it's really a warning to the public. I think it's even more a warning to well, other doctors. You dare is, to yes, step out in line. This is what's going to happen. You know? They, they, well, you see, this is the funny thing about it. <clears throat> and they all did. And it worked. It worked very, very successfully. But the funny thing was, I was aware in, 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 in 21, when this was all going through, that they needed a head on a spike. And because I was 70 at the time, um, now I know I, I I know you're going you're going to say I absolutely don't look it and there's no rumor it, it, there's a rumor going around the fact that I've had cosmetic surgery that's totally untrue I am this way naturally so so if you hear that that I've had cosmetic surgery or Botox or anything like that it's totally untrue anyway it's just Guinness, so I was it's just Guinness, yeah. it's it's Guinness ba- baths that's what it is it's Guinness baths total immersion <laughs> yeah Guinness. I was 70 at the time, and due to the fact that I, I, I was never a spender of money, I really didn't, didn't need to spend money. My, my, You're tight. Yeah, tight, tight. Yeah, like tight. a Scott, like a Scott. Yeah, yeah exactly. I am, um, yeah. So I, 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 I did, a, I had two kind of passions. One was renovating old cars. I, from, from, I stole my first motorbike at the, no, 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 when I borrowed my first motorbike at the age of 12. <laughs> I, I I've been working on motorbikes and cars and 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 you know generally mechanically very very mechanically minded with the result that I built an old an old XK one fifty Jag up from a heap of rubbish to pristine model. I, I'm in the process of building a um a Porsche Carrera up a nineteen seventy four Porsche Carrera. I've got that in about a thousand parts and when my mind is it comes right, I will build that again. I've got a Bentley Continental, a 1994 Bentley Continental. It's the pride of my life. I absolutely love it. Every time I look at it, I think, oh, what a lovely car. You know, classic Bentley Continental. Um, So (laughs) that, yeah, yeah, yeah. 
But what I'm saying is, I didn't really spend a lot of money on these things because I did all the work myself, even though I now end up with the, 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 these pieces of machinery that are worth some money. And rugby, I, 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 I was involved in a very working class rugby club around the area. So when I, when I wanted a point, I'd go around, go down and hang around the bar until somebody that I'd stitched up on a previous occasion would come up and say, I, I owe you a pint, which result that I could live on the clippings of tin. Um, uh, the, the crazy thing is then when I, when I actually got to be, to, 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 to be suspended and my income taken off me, I realized I was wealthier than I thought I'd been. I hadn't actually counted up. I'd never really given any consideration to money. Because I've always said to young doctors, you never, ever, ever practice medicine for money. But if you're good at it, mm. you'll make money. And this is the point. Don't do it for money. Because mm. that is the wrong reason. But if you're very good at it, as I was, in fact, I, I'd say I was exceptionally good at it. Again, modesty is a major problem. I have great difficulty getting over my modesty. Um, so you and me if, both. You're, if, if, if you're any good, if you're any good, you'll make money. And I made money, which result I didn't need. I didn't need the, um, the, the, the medical council. So to an extent, I kind of put my head in the chopping block as, as, as Pat Morrissey, one of the, one of the, the doctors who was sort of running parallel with me. In, in his objection to this, said I was I, I, I was a, like a kamikaze pilot. I drove my 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 mosquito into the battleship, onto the onto the deck of the battleship. The, um, you know, kamikaze like. And it was only afterwards I realised, yeah, I was a bit like that. I kind of I said, right lads, come on, I'll take you on, you know. And uh, I lost. Well, I didn't lose. I won. Um, but so it's very, you know what it sounds it's very your story is very similar to mine except you know i'm not as good looking as you i'm half your age <laughs> and I, I, true 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 i, true. I don't have i don't Magnanimous, i don't have the money yeah, yeah, yeah i don't true, have the true. money but the thing is um you know there's more i'm sure no, jerry, come on, come on I, 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 there's more i'm sure there's more things that you that you don't no 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 but listen listen but jerry what happened what happened to me was the the difference was um the private hospitals, I left the NHS in 2017 because I, I saw the bullshit. I saw how corrupt it was, how inefficient it was, and how it was designed not to really help people. And so I left the NHS and went private, worked two and a half days a week. I, my concentration was more on my health and spending time with the family and earning enough to pay the bills. I got off the rat race. All the other orthopods are chasing the big cars, the big dream, the big dream has, the expensive holidays, the, the, the girlfriend on the side. I, I don't want any of that. I just wanted a simple life. I, I, I wouldn't draw, no, I draw, I draw the line of that now. I draw the line of that now. Um, there, there are some things that are. And now go on. Sorry, go on. You, you distracted me there for a minute. Anyway, so basically, so I, I was thinking the fact that I was working for myself, but, you know, out of private hospitals, I would be immune to basically censorship. I thought I could speak up and I would be okay. Now, exactly one year ago, I did a, a video that I put on Twitter saying, we need, to, we need to stop these shots. There's something weird happening. Doctors are caught telling me they're seeing strange stuff. There's complications. I'm seeing it, but no one seems to be brave enough to say anything. We need to stop this experimentation and figure out what's happening. Do you know within 24 hours, two of the private hospitals, the national medical directors contacted me and said, stop this, take down the video, 
if you talk about this again, we're going to have to review your practicing privileges. And I was like, whoa, 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 hold up. This is bizarre. You know, you'd think if a doctor is saying there's something strange going on and potentially people's lives are at risk, people would say, what are you saying? Tell us about it. Let's look into it. And surely it's better to be safe and wrong than be, you know, quiet and, 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 and guilty of, of harm. Um, but it was the opposite. They tried to shut me up. And I thought it was really bizarre. Um, and I thought they were bullying me. So I stood up to the bullies and went, no, tell me, what, what am I saying that's wrong? Show me the evidence. You know, I, let's, let's compare notes. They all went quiet, just like you. None of the doctors answered my questions. They kept staying quiet. Anyway, they backed off and I thought, great, I've won a little victory. And then I thought, you know, I, know, I don't really go on Twitter. I mean, I go on it once a month or whatever. I, I never really tweeted any of my own stuff. But if you're telling me to shut up, I'm going to do the exact opposite. I'm going to tweet like a Tweety bird. So I started tweeting, tweet, 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 tweet. And um, suddenly I got a very big following. And I said, look, this whole vaccine industry is a bit, bit dodgy. We need to look into this. This whole trans issue, this is a bit dodgy. Climate change is a bit dodgy. Everything's a bit dodgy. Anyway, my medical director kept coming back to me saying, oh, we've had complaints. We've had anonymous complaints. I want a meeting with you. And I was like, why do you want a meeting with me? What did I say wrong? What did I say that was wrong? What, did, what do you agree with the complainant? Who is that person? What is the issue? And so there was this constant battle backwards and forwards, backwards and forwards. And it was just harassment. It was just constant bullying and harassment. Anyway, it all came to a head in May when I got referred to the GMC for apparently being transphobic. Now, you want to know why I was transphobic? You'll like this one. So I posted a tweet saying, is Dylan Mulvaney a woman? And, um, and I did another couple of ones. I, did, I, I put a picture of a young Indian village girl up and I said, this young Indian village girl identifies as a Viking. And that was it. That's all I said. And then I put a picture of a blood-stained lion on and said, this lion identifies as a vegetarian. And, you know, these posts were meant to just say, you can identify as anything you like, but it doesn't change biological reality. Okay, that was a statement. And okay, it's a bit controversial. But is it, is it a reason to refer me to the GMC and for fitness to practice? Seriously? Anyway, on another well, technica on another technicality that I know, I, I mean, let me just finish up quickly. On another technicality, I can't really go into it again because it's a legal issue going on. And the other private hospital suspended me and then indefinitely kicked me out. And a couple of weeks ago, the last hospital that I was working out of, I was working at three, suspended me because and started an investigation because of what my guest was saying on my podcast. I did a little clip. I put it on my Instagram and they said, we don't like the fact you put this clip up on Instagram. You know, um, that it didn't, it didn't have context. It could be offensive to the staff or members of the public. So we're investigating you. I responded. I said, forget your investigation. I don't want anything to do with you. I'm not working with you anymore. Get lost. Save yourself the farce of an investigation where you've already decided what you're going to think. So, I mean, We've got to this point where I am now financially ruined. My practice has been um, demolished. I physically cannot earn any money now as a surgeon. It's done. Now, the thing is, I'm not under any GMC investigation as far as I know, but it feels like it's just a matter of time before they go, right, let's discredit him. <laughs> let's have a go at him. 
let's drag his name through the muck and the mud. So do you, I think there's some similarities there. What do you think? Oh, there, there's a massive similarity. Now, I, 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 I'm neither going to say I agree or disagree with what, what, what your stance on various different things, because I, I'm very much on the, the COVID you know, bandwagon, for the want of a better word. That, that's what I, I, I consider myself an expert now on the COVID, the pandemic, the pathogenicity, the, 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 the vaccines. I, I, I have a fairly good idea of the, you know, the spike proteins, the, the insertions of the nucleotides, 19 nucleotides, you know, into, into the, um, messenger RNA such that the, uh, the, 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 the pseudouridine put into the spikes and, you know, like I, I've got a pretty good knowledge. It's, 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 it's not messenger RNA. It's, it's not messenger RNA. It's modified RNA. Well, yeah, yeah, that 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 is something that it it originally it is a messenger RNA and the concept of the the messenger RNA that goes into the ribosome. They they have shifted around to modified RNA, and it's both. Mm. But it is actually mm. a messenger RNA. There are t there are four or five. There are three different types of RNA, and it is actually messenger RNA. But it is a let's modified call it let's. Let's call it modified messenger MM. RNA then. That's yes. right, it's MM. So th there's no there's no correct term, but it it is it, it is a synthetically altered viral messenger RNA that is put in by with the um, by a, a liposomes with, by a, a nanotechnology. There's a lot of discussion on it, and I do, you know because of the fact that you cannot trust any of the uh, pharmaceutical companies to know what is put in. And then there's contamination with DNA and there's contamination with graphene. And there's, there, there, you know, there's so much contamination due to the, the speed at which they, they, they produce the, 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 these killer shots. It doesn't really matter. At the end of the day, it's all highly illegal. And it was all done for a, a virus with the pathogenicity less than the, uh, 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 a mild winter flu, that is a mm. fact. So, as I said yeah. on my Twitter yesterday, if one person died from a viral, uh, from the uh, messenger RNA assault, it was a murder because there was never mm. any need for it in the first place. You don't, you don't need a million people. You don't need a genocide. One person murdered by, you know, one direct murder from the use of the messenger RNA or the mmRNA. Um, it, it, it was it, it was a hoax. I know I was on the front line. I know what people were dying. Well, on the 27th of March 20, 2020, we got out a letter telling us to, in effect, switch the cause of deaths from everything to COVID. And even if we, the GPs, and this is why I say the GPs were, were, were the, 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 the principal uh, traitors to the people because we knew, we knew people were not dying of COVID. We knew it. Mm. Every GP knew it. And every GP should have known, had they done their due diligence, should have known that the PCR test wasn't worth a damn. So the so, GPs are the principal traitors. I want to ask you something. So I'm 
a little bit upset and angry with my colleagues. A little bit, a little bit. You know, I, th- I think negative emotions aren't great, but sometimes they're necessary. I think, you know, society needs a little bit more f- fire in their belly. There's too many people yeah. who are just walking zombies. You know, they just take shit and don't do anything about it. I mean, my principles in life are first, do no harm, but don't take any shit, right? Two, don't take any shit. And, you know, I, I'm upset with my colleagues because I think a lot of them should have known better. We should have been the guardians of medical ethics. And when it came to the crunch, when it really mattered, when we were tested, yeah. we failed. And even if just 10% of us stood up and said, this is bullshit, the whole thing could, would have collapsed. It couldn't have gone ahead. I mean, what do you think about that? Totally correct. And I've said this, and particularly here in Ireland, the, the, the Irish have a diaspora. Like There's something like 49 million people in the world claim they, they, they are Irish or have, have Irish descent. We, I was in New Zealand there a few years ago, and they were on a beach, and kid, some kids came up and... We spoke to them and said, oh, where are you from? We're Ireland. They were excited that they'd, be, that they'd actually met in real Irish people on this beach in New Zealand. <laughs> and they ran back to their parents and said, look, no, because because their great-grand-grand-grandfather had been sent out there on a prison ship or something. Um, so what I'm saying is we had a we would be known as the islands of saints and scholars. And, and we were never, we, we were never part, or never... We were always dominated. We, we 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 were never part of an empire. We weren't weren't empire builders. As I say, many Irish fought for 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 England and Britain. That this is a different topic altogether. But we we, we the diaspora were hugely um, hugely respected around the world. And and I said on a number of occasions, if only ten percent of us, if two hundred doctors in in Ireland had actually stood up and said no. And I know for a fact that there were 200 doctors who were not, you know, not prepared to give the vaccine and not prepared to go down the road, but they hadn't got the courage to stand up and say no. And this is the great shame. If Ireland had stopped it, we could have stopped the whole thing in its tracks. Because, because mm. of the, well, I, I, I don't know, maybe the Scots, maybe the Scots would, would think the same way. But I happen to believe that the Irish diaspora is so large and so sort of respected around the world that we, partly because we were never empire builders or we, we, we never dominated anybody, or we never invaded anybody. And, um, you know, so the, I kind of think that, that 200 of us, you know, 150, maybe, maybe 50 of us could have stopped it. And the funny thing is, when I spoke to doctors, it was, it was a kind of a shrug of a shoulders kind of saying, oh, Jerry, you're taking this all a bit too seriously. And I said, there, there is no... My impression back in early, in the spring of 2020 was that kind of, ah, keep your head down, this will all, this will all sort of um, just wash away, it'll, 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 it'll wash over you, forget about it, don't be, you know, don't be getting yourself too upset about mm. it. And somehow or other, mm. I knew that this wasn't just another, you know, ridiculous and, and, and you know, headless chicken. Uh, it just wasn't a, a headless chicken response on the part of the Irish government or the, IC, or the ICGP or the Department of Health or the Medical Council. I knew there was something sinister and worse than that going on. So, as I say, I fought it. I fought it from literally from February 2020 all the way through. And uh, 
I never gave an inch and I'm still not giving an inch. And have uh, you had it, uh, mate? I love your warrior spirit. Honestly, you're a proper street fighter. Can tell me something. Have yeah, you had yeah. any support from your GP colleagues or any of the doctors? Have they, uh, any of them reached oh, yeah, out yeah, to yeah, you they, and they, said? Smattering of them, a smattering, five or six. But unfortunately, you see, that this goes back then to sort of your belief on what it was all about. I believe that it was a psycho, you know, a, a psychological operation. And in fact, that the COVID, the coronavirus that was blamed on it had very, very little effect, had a genuinely, was causing little or no effect. So I wouldn't go down the ivermectin road. I refused yeah, me to go too. down the ivermectin road. Me too, me yeah. too, so this bullshit. Yeah, so, so I felt that by, by, by going down the ivermectin road, you were giving it credibility. You, you were 100%. accepting that there was a You're virus out there it. that required attention. Yes. I wouldn't go down that road, with the result that I fell out with most of my colleagues who were kind of importing the stuff and, and you know, bringing it in by the pallet load. That's, that's an exaggeration, of course. But, you know, <laughs> they, they'd gone down the ivermectin road to cure it. Mm. But I was getting a 100% cure rate for just doing what I'd done for the previous 40 years, which was examining yeah, I... patients. Listen, I'm with you. I think a lot of people who bang on about early treatment, early treatment, I think it validates this idea that there was a it pandemic does, yeah. and there's a deadly virus. I've said that to McCullough, I said that to McCullough on, on a Zoom meeting and, and said, mm. but how can, you, how can you diagnose? How can you say you're cured how did that go anything down? if you've no diagnosis? You, if the PCR how, is no diagnosis, the PCR does not diagnose the presence. How did that go down? Well, that yeah. went down. My recollection was that he just sort of brushed it off, and I think I think the the moderator um, is kind of said, "Oh, yeah, well, we we got to move on. We got to move on, you know, because because when you bring on a guest onto these Zoom meetings, you know, you have to be respectful to them. Not by my thinking, but like if somebody, if I present myself here to you." Alec, mm. you have the right to take my head off. You've no obligation to protect me from my stupidity or my error. In fact, if you can actually get a hole, if you can, if you can drill a hole through my arguments, go for it, boy. Please do. Um, I'll just get my drill ready. <laughs> um, no, I don't want to do that. I don't want to do that. So, um, no, but I, 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 I expect I, you to. I expect you to. If you, if you think I'm wrong about anything, hit me with it. Please. No, I think the only thing that you suffer from is, you know, your sense of humor is like. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think, okay, I think you're spot on. About, I'm very wrong about it's It's a perversion in effect, isn't it? And, and not it worthy is, of a medical doctor. Not, not worthy of a medical no. doctor. Do you know what I think it is? I, I think I've realized what it is, my friend. I think it's the fact that we're both very much rooted to our working class background. You know, I, I grew oh, up in a really absolutely. rough part of Glasgow. Yeah. I'm telling you right now, oh, I, no, I don't know about you, but I, no doubt about that. No I didn't doubt go about to that. med school thinking I was better than people. I didn't become a surgeon and think I'm better than other people. I thought, actually, I, sh I don't belong here. <laughs> I don't. How, yeah. how did they yeah. let me into this place? I, I, I think they'll catch yeah. me out one day and say, what are you doing here? You don't yeah. belong here. Yeah. You're not, I, you're not I, one I of thought, us. I thought it was a fraud. I actually thought it yes. I a nightmare. Imposter syndrome. Yes. And, and it was only when the forensic psychiatrist explained it to me 
this is going to sound terrible when I tell it, but she says, I actually <laughs> felt going through medicine was too bloody easy. And I thought I was cheating all the way. Because, yes. <laughs> because it just seemed too easy. And I, I'm thinking, like, surely, surely this should be much more difficult. Surely I should have to study more. See, I'm dyslexic. And You're just I, like I, me. I have ADHD and I'm dyslexic. Now, you can probably see that I've got ADHD in the sense that I can't stay easy. But uh, I'm dyslexic in the sense, it, well, the dyslexia meant that right through college, I had to understood understand what every lecture was about. I had to understand the nuts and bolts of it, the mechanics of it. And see, I'm very, very mechanically minded. I can take an engine together and pull it back together, pull it back with most parts present when I'm finished. Only a couple of small things left over. But um, the uh, I had to, when I listened to lectures, I had to understand them. So I sat bowled upright in a lecture theatre, whereas everybody else was in a fetal position writing notes. Yes. Oh, my God, stop. So, so I, stop I stop talking there. for a second. Stop talking. Listen, yep. listen. One, I'm, I'm a bit disappointed in you labelling yourself. You're better than that. I'm dyslexic, I'm <laughs> this and that. Come on, just enough of that nonsense. Just admit it, you're a smart guy, right? You're a smart guy. Look, I was just like you. I, I flew through med school thinking, what, what, you know, what, 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 what's the issue? And just like you, everyone yeah. in the lecture theater was busy writing. You know, the girls had the multicolored pencils and pens. They, you know, they're making lovely, neat notes. I never made any goddamn notes. I was either yeah. sleeping or well, listening. Could- Sleeping, sleeping, listening, sleeping, notes. listening. I, I, I couldn't read my notes anyway if I took them. I was okay yeah. reading them. Yeah, so I had to, so I had to understand anything. So I, so I pulled the lecturers up or the professors up and said, look, I don't, I don't, I don't follow where this gone, you know, whether this was a, the crep cycle or whether, whether it was, you know, pyelonephritis. I, 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 I would pull the lecturers up and say, I, 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 I don't really get this. This, this doesn't follow. Um, so I, I think people thought I was attention seeking, but in effect, with the result, by by the my learning method was such that I still remember the crap cycle. I still remember, Love it. you know, the, the sort of the 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 sort of ATPAs, you know, the the transfer of the the D, the, you know, the ATPAs to to the ADPAs and all and and, and the sort of uh, enzymes in between. Well, as I say, I don't. I, I remember the principles. I remember how it all works. With the mitochondrial that, powerhouse. Um, yeah. No, I get that. I get that. Yeah. So, so no, I, no, I, I think was very, I, I was very. I was very lucky. I think we're very similar. Way. Yeah. Yeah. So what happened anyway? So I, I, I breezed my way through college with a wife and two children, as I say, living in a, in a caravan and that, and all the others were, and working. Like, I, I as soon as the exam started, I, I mean, you were literally trailer trash. You were literally trailer right. trash. Oh, very proud of it, yeah. But the, um, me too. I, um, I this is, I, I'm, I'm, I'm proud. I'm proud of my working class roots. Seriously, I, I identify yeah, yeah, with yeah, working class the, people. That's that's why you say, why are we different? We're different because we, I felt privileged. I said this at the start of yes. the program. I felt privileged to, to be allowed into people's lives. You know, for, for, for you know, a, a little working class guy with, with no aspirations to be anything but a, a JCB driver initially, then to turn around and end up being allowed into your life 
was such a privilege, and I loved it. Yes, absolutely loved it. And uh, did you, did but you not, say it's? Do you think every day you just felt? Did you not feel like every day it, you were just honoured? You're honoured that people let you yeah. help them and treat them. You know, especially as a surgeon for me, having someone put yeah. their body, their limb in my hands right, and yeah. let me open them up and close them up. I was honoured. It was such a privilege. Yeah, yeah. But you were. You know. But that's the point. You were. It wasn't that you felt it. You, you, you were privileged to, to be allowed to do that. And um, I, I used to explain, I tried to explain to people, if you're on your way home someday and somebody falls off their bicycle and, and you intervene and you, you pick them up off the road and you wrapped you know, your, 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 your scarf around their, their bleeding knee or something like that, you'd go home on a high. Mm. Mm. I say, yeah, yeah, I did some good today. I, I, I was a good Samaritan. I did, I did something good today. I got that every day, every day mm. on the occasion to help somebody, and and I appreciated that. And uh, I think, I think that that is probably where, yeah, you know, you maybe you should argue that it, no, nobody above such a socioeconomic grouping. I, I think that is the the the. the the lucky thing that I had, and obviously the lucky thing that you had, that made you appreciate the situation. Now, whether that is directly contributes to my stand against COVID and my stand against the vaccine, um, I don't know. I, I think to an extent. See, the other thing in '08, the um, when the economic collapse came, I took over all mm. my own pensions and started managing my own pensions. So I, I, I had a very good handle on, you know, macroeconomics and that. And I'm totally convinced, I was totally convinced that the world just couldn't continue. The Western world couldn't continue the way it was going on. And, you know, with, with pension schemes, some of the municipal pension schemes in America being financed to the tune of 27 percent. Um, I realized that something major had to happen. And initially, I thought mm. that COVID was actually an excuse to collapse the economy, which I, I, I think it still is, an excuse to collapse mm. the economy and uh, sort of get over the, 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 the fiscal policies where the politicians had promised so much on the basis that I won't be around when the, when the piper has to be paid. When the chickens come home to roost, I won't be around anyway, was the political sort of uh, belief. Um, so I was fairly convinced that, that the whole thing was going to come a cropper um, at some stage economically. And then when, when, when COVID was introduced in 20, I thought, yeah, this is their excuse. This is the excuse they're going to use. And they, they still are. They're still using it. I hadn't realized that it, 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 was, it, it was more mendacious and more malicious and, and, and more evil than that, that in effect it, 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 it was an attempt to, to cut down the population by, I don't know, what are you, I, I, I think you're trying to, they're trying to cut the population by 20, 30%. I think uh, Bill Gates has said that, the 30% reduction in world population. This is a Malthusian idea that the world is overpopulated. Of course, the world is not overpopulated. The world, it's just, re, it's, it's the maldistribution of wealth is, is the problem. The world can carry the population probably another five billion people if, if, if the wealth were properly and, and there'd be no need for five billion people if 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 the if the poor weren't forced to think that they had to provide for themselves through a, an exist a, a, a surviving child that is the problem not 
if if the it, the, the Western world is not increasing in population, it's the, the third world that's increasing in population. But that's out of desperation for need. I'm going to starve. I don't have a son or a daughter to look after me. Yeah. So the thing is, I think it's multifactorial. I, I'm not really convinced that the, there's going to be a massive depopulation business. I'll be honest with you. I, I'm, I'm not too convinced about that. I think I think there's well, a multifactorial things here. Neither am I that convinced Jerry, about it. I, I rather, I hope I'm wrong. I hope I'm yeah, wrong. Yeah, I, th- I think what's going to be happening is there's, an, there's the issues of, hey, guess what? Um, let's, let's do a massive wealth grab. If you look what happened, the top, top, top 0.001% got immensely rich. Everyone else lost money. Pharmaceutical companies made a shit ton of money. Government's got to um, enforce stricter controls and, and grab more power. You know, the who is going to become even bigger. You've got this shift towards a one world government. I think there's multi- multifactorial things going on here. Yeah. I think the economy's crashing. The Ponzi scheme is going to come to an end. The central bankers know that. So they're going to get the digital currencies in, the social credit system. I, I think there's lots of things going on here. Lots of things. And it's. Um, oh, there is. There is. It's it's all it's all reached a sort of zenith, you know. Yeah. At the same stage, but I don't think it's a coincidence that it's there, you know. And and again, I I I I do believe that the you know the the, the vaccines are intended to reduce the the, the 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 world population. I I can't get that out of my head. And I put it this way: I would much much massive numbers of my friends have been vaccinated. I don't want that to happen. I can't see any other rationale for injecting in a a a a a, a messenger or a, a mm RNA for a virus that everybody yeah. knew had a very very low pathogenicity. Yeah. There's no rationale yeah. at all. Why would they do it? They knew, yeah. and to, to the fact that in fact, right. you know that the you know. I, I, I just yep, don't yep, know. Yep. I, I don't have the answers. And I wish I wish I wasn't I wasn't thinking these ways. I wish I wasn't waking up in the mornings with, with, with kind of I don't get panic attacks, but with this horrible feeling, oh damn, I had a terrible dream. I wish that didn't happen, but unfortunately that's that's where I am. Right, my friend. I am need to, I need to wrap up soon. Can I ask you something? Yeah, yeah. If you're on your deathbed what advice would you give all your family around you um, before you pass on, health or otherwise? I, I suppose to an extent, the, the, there are certain things that, that you, 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 I, I, I would say to them. Remember, for evil to prosper, all that's required is good men do nothing. Mm. That is, that is you just always remember that. So that if you think evil, evil is about, do something. The other thing I would say is take responsibility for your actions. Um, take responsibilities, but also take credit for your for, 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 for your, your your positive actions. Develop if you're going to pass anything on to your children, pass on a work ethic. Yes. And again, again I'd say to them to children, never ever think you're better than anybody else. But never ever think you're 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 less than anybody else. That you, you are that. as good as 
Yeah. You, you know, you're no better than anybody else, but you're no worse than anybody else. So there, there's, yeah, like <laughs> there's a thousand ideas that I have, philosophical ideas that I have. Uh, yeah, you see, this is the thing. I, I've been around long enough to actually work a lot of these things out. And, and, you know, but I think it's important to take responsibility for your actions, both good and bad. Yes. So when I turn around and say I'm, I'm absolutely great and I was fabulous about, about that, that's not being arrogant and braggery, <laughs> bragging. That's, that's about being honest in the same way as I say, oh, shit, but I, ma- I, 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 I made an awful <laughs> mess of that. Do you know what I say to people? I, I say to people, I'm not below anyone and I'm not above anyone. I think that's, right. that's what you're saying. It's important for your kids to go through life that way. And you see, that's a problem of bringing up kids in, in, in my situation. I was one of sort of three GPs in the town. And everybody, you say, oh, but you're wealthy, you know. And my kids used to come to me and say, oh, but we're wealthy. I say, no, 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 no. I'm wealthy. You're poor. And I'm wealthy because I work really, really hard. <laughs> and when you work as hard as I, yeah. and when you work as really, really hard as I have done, then you will be wealthy. And uh, that didn't go down very well with the kids. I've always thought, I've always given my kids, I didn't send my kids to private schools. They went to the local schools. And I've always Same. thought, and I've always worked on the principle that I give them what they need, but not what they want. That's been kind of difficult because it's always difficult rearing kids from a position of affluence. Now, they would probably turn around and say, I'm a miserable old bastard. But at the end of the day, they, 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 they end up being thankful for the fact that I did give them, I endeavored to give them a work ethic. I love it. I love it. Jerry, I really enjoy talking to you, my friend. Yeah, really yeah. have. Well, I, I wish you, I wish you all the best. You and- Thank you. Thank you. I'm sorry anyway, for insulting I you. I know that we've been in touch again because th- this was a nice fireside chat uh, over a pint and we will do it again, I hope. Yeah. Well, if you're ever uh, over here in the UK, you need to come and visit me. Oh, absolutely. Or, or, or if you decide to pass through Kildare at some stage, you give me a shout. Love it. Everyone listening, I really hope you enjoyed this. That was Jerry Waters. Amazing, ethical GP out in Ireland. Batshit crazy, but an amazing human being. Jerry, I love you, man. Bye-bye. Okay. Thanks very much, Ivan. Bye-bye.